Alright, hello and welcome to another episode of the Common Man's Take on Sports with Kevin and Quentin. Alright, today we want to talk a little bit about the college football week four. We already talked about the results of the games, but we want to dive a little deeper and kind of revisit some of our projections in our first episode of the way we thought it would unfold. We are now in week four, so we're almost halfway through the season. And we want to take a look at kind of where everything stands. So before we get there, I want to talk about a couple of games here in specifically. So the Colorado-Oregon game, we talked about that a little bit in depth. And the difference was the defense that Oregon brought to the table. But I believe that Colorado's next game is against USC. Is that right, Quentin? Yes, it is against USC. So um, I knew that once Colorado faced a team that played really good defense, they were going to struggle a bit. And so, again, I uh, I definitely think that Shooter Sanders is uh, for sure a, a drive pick. He looks like a, a good quarterback. Um, I think that regardless, he will make it to the NFL level. I think he is he's a good athlete. I think, you know, obviously he comes from good, you know, he's got his dad who can help him with all that. But uh, their biggest problem is their offensive and defensive line. Um, they just don't, on the offense, they could not protect him. And on defense, they just couldn't get any pressure on Bo Nix. Bo Nix had all day to do whatever he wanted. Um, so it doesn't matter whether you have a good secondary or not. If you can't pressure the quarterback and you give him all day back there to pick you apart, any quarterback will pick you apart. So there's going to be games that they're going to win because their offensive line and defensive line will do just enough. I think their next game against USC, they have an opportunity to do that because USC's defense is definitely not on the level of Oregon's. Um, they just played Arizona State, and if I'm not mistaken, they gave up 28 points to Arizona State. Is that right, Quentin? Yes, 28 points. So I think that the USC-Colorado game could turn out to be a really good game next week. Um, I think that uh, that could be another game where Colorado could maybe possibly outscore USC. We'll see what happens, but... I don't think that it's going to be the same result as the Oregon game because I just don't think that USC's defense is uh, as good as the Oregon defense. So I think that if we go back and look at Colorado's schedule, I think that Colorado has the opportunity to um, definitely have a winning record this year. I think that they they can definitely get at least six or seven wins, possibly eight. I think they can beat uh, Stanford, who's on their schedule. I think they got a good chance to beat Arizona State, who's on their schedule. They got a good chance of beating UCLA. Oregon State will be an interesting matchup for them, but I believe they have a chance to win that game. I believe they have a chance to beat Arizona. Washington State will be an interesting interesting matchup for them because Washington State's a pretty good team, and I just don't think they Utah has the same type of defense as Oregon. I just think that Utah, the defense will overwhelm, overwhelm them again. But 
Um, there's definitely some winnable games left on that schedule for them to end the year with a winning winning record. Um, I think that uh, Dion has some, definitely has some work in front of him if he stays there. But I just don't think that they're there this year. There's a lot of hype behind them, but just the, the hype was just because of Deion Sanders and they were beating teams that they should have beat. you have anything for that? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I do think that the USC-Colorado game <clears throat> will be a good one because both teams have no defense. So I think there's going to be a lot of points racked up. Um, I do see a nine, ten. I I do see a nine, ten win season for Colorado right now. Um, I don't see them uh, being in the. Uh, I don't see them being in top five. I just see them being in the top ten by the end of the season right now. Um. Yeah, I mean, they do need to work on their offensive line. I gotta agree with you on this one. They really need to work, because, um, <clears throat> they could not protect Shadura Sanders against Oregon. Um, I think they probably will be able to check Shadura Sanders against USC, because USC's defense is usually, <clears throat> usually kind of bad, um, I do think that's going to be a good matchup right there. Utah's defense, um, I got to agree with you, it's the same as um, uh, Oregon's defense. It's pretty much the same thing. So, uh, they're probably going to lose to Utah because Utah's probably going to have their starting quarterback back by now, by then. I do see a 9-10 win season right here. So, let's talk a little bit about Michigan right now, the number two team in the country, right? So, everybody's kind of down on them. I saw some analysts today talking about uh, maybe they shouldn't be, <clears throat> maybe they shouldn't be the number two team in the country. They didn't look good against Rutgers. Let me just throw this out there. Last year, Michigan also struggled in that Rutgers game, and the year before that, they struggled in that Rutgers game. If I'm not mistaken, when they had Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo on that defense and Cade McNamara is a quarterback. They barely beat Rutgers like 20 to 13 was the final score. And then last year, going into the half, I think Rutgers was actually leading. Yeah, 17 14, I think. Something of that nature. And then Michigan came out and just, you know, bludgeoned them to death in the second half. And then the same thing happened this year. Like, Michigan's not a team, the way that Michigan plays. They're never going to run the score up on anybody. So they're never going to get style points. That's not who they are. They're, just, they're going to bludgeon you to death. They're going to chew up the clock. And they're going to wear you out and wear you down. That's who they are. If, if, you, if the analysts at ESPN and Fox and CVS are looking for Michigan to just get them style points and bury people in points, you know, 60 to 10, 70, to 10, you're looking in the wrong direction, man. That's not who Michigan is. That's not what they do. They don't sling the ball all over the field for 500 yards. That's just not them. So they're not going to rack up a ton of points because they like to run the ball. They're going to run the ball, run the ball, and run the ball again. That's who they are. So I don't necessarily think they should have dropped 
they didn't in either ranking. They're still number two, but a lot of analysts are down on them. Like, if you don't know who Michigan is by now under Jim Harbaugh, then you've just been living under a rock because that's just not who he is. They don't run up the score. They're not pretty. They they play the games, and they just they wear you down. That's what they do. That's what they've done. The last three years, they've struggled with records, or the last two years, they've struggled with records, and they've ended up running the table and stomping a mud hole in Ohio State at the end of the year. So for all you guys out there going, oh, my gosh, they, you know, I don't know. Man, this is business as usual for them. It just is. I, they're going to get better as the season goes along like they always do. I just Right now, until somebody beats them, I'm sorry, but that's just who they are, and that I'm not worried. That's that's just what they do. Yeah, I mean, you should know by now. Last year, they showed that they were a second half team. This year, they're a second half team. I don't know about the second half team. That's just the way they play. But go ahead. Yeah, you should know by now. Um, mm-hmm. that they don't that they start off slow. And then that is true. your hopes are down in the second half. Because you're not going to expect Michigan to rack up 56 points in a game. You're not going to expect them to rack up 35 points in just the first half. <clears throat> That's just not who they are, not the game they play. <clears throat> um, yeah. not, not at all. So right now... I still think they're playing like the number two team in the country. I don't have any concerns with them so far. They play Nebraska next week. At Nebraska, we'll see what happens there. Florida State and Clemson. Let's 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 unpack that a little bit. So I picked Clemson to be back in the playoff this year. Obviously that's not happened because now they're they have two losses. Yeah, and, and, and they're now unranked, so it's just... Yep. So, the matchup that I'm looking to now is Duke and Florida State when they play um, on October the 21st. Because right now, Duke is, looks good. They are manhandling everybody. They manhandled Clemson. So, right now, I Duke could be the dark horse to make the playoff this year. If they run the table, they'd have a win against Clemson, Florida State, Miami, um, and they play Florida at the end of the season, which I don't know if that's going to be a, a ranked game or not, but like they're they're going to have a very strong resume. Um, no, that's Florida State, sorry. Uh, I'm looking at the wrong schedule. That'd be Florida State. Florida State beat Duke, they would... They play Miami in Florida. Um, they the Duke if if they can beat Florida State, they had, so Duke has to play Notre Dame next weekend. If they can beat Notre Dame and then turn around and beat Florida State on October the twenty first, so that, so Duke Notre Dame game, I'm definitely watching next weekend. That's going to be a good one, I think, because Duke's defense is. They're playing great right now. Um, if they yeah, can they, manage to beat Notre Dame, beat Florida State, beat North Carolina, 
Like you're, they would have several ranked wins, and if they could win the ACC, like they could be a dark horse to get in the play. That could be the, the TCU or the or the Cincinnati this year, that nobody saw coming. Yeah. Um. No, Duke. Duke's defense just completely stopped Clemson. Duke's defense. Gosh, they don't. They only held Clemson to one. Touchdown. Now, that Florida State Duke game is going to be a good one. Uh, Both offenses are really good. Uh, Florida State's defense is okay. Florida State's defense is good. Duke's defense is good. It's two great teams going against each other. That's that's going to be a good one. Right now, Duke could stop Florida State's Cinderella season. Um, There are Duke, Miami... And maybe Florida, who could stop Florida State from getting a Cinderella season. There are three teams in that schedule that could stop. Moving on, um, Alabama, I think, has a quarterback problem. I don't know if they'll solve it this year or not. We'll see what happens. They struggled against Ole Miss, but they finally pulled away, went in 24-10. Man, I, I just... Right now, Alabama, I just don't know. For the first time in a very long time, I just don't know. Uh, they're hard to gauge right now because their offense just seems to struggle day, night, you know, every week, and it doesn't seem like it's getting any better right now. Yeah, I mean, well, they have a good QB, but um, the reason they have a quarterback problem is because these quarterbacks aren't good. First off, Tyler Buckner couldn't even get a touchdown for Alabama. Hmm. Um, and uh, Jalen Milrow, he's a good QB. He just needs to read defenses. He just needs to read those defenses because he got one pick against Ole Miss and two picks against Texas, you know. Hmm. He couldn't read the defense against Texas, and now he can't read the defense against Ole Miss. That's what's giving them problems right there. Uh, that may be one of the reasons why they benched it's possible. Uh, we get to Georgia. Georgia's still rolling. Texas is still rolling. Um, there's two other games I want to talk about here. Just kind of dive a little deeper. So one is the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. So I will say that ever since Ryan Day has taken over Ohio State, they've seemed soft. Um, anytime that a team could punch them in the mouth and be extremely physical with them, they seem to quit. Yeah, like the last two years with Michigan, you know, when 2021, Michigan punched them in the mouth, they quit. So here is what I will say about the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. It seemed like it was going in that direction. Like Notre Dame had their number, they punched them in the mouth, they were extremely physical with them, and Ohio State players were quitting. But then... I watched that whole game, and I watched that last drive, and I know everybody's talking about Notre Dame only having 10 men on the field on defense for that last drive, but to be honest, the that last touchdown, but to be honest, to get to that one-yard line, Ohio State, Kyle McCord looked good. Um, I am a, for anybody who knows me, my friends, I am Ohio State hater. But I will say that Kyle McCord really stepped up against that Notre Dame defense. 
to move that ball down that last drive, that was almost flawless for him. He did exactly what he needed to do to get them down there where they had an opportunity to win the game. And it, it was with like a minute. I'd have to go back and look at the game. I think he had like a minute and a half or, or two minutes left. And they like he they he ran a two-minute drill exactly the way you were supposed to. And so what I will say to Michigan is those last two years where the physicality phased Ohio State may be a little tougher to win that game this year because Ohio State looks like they may have gotten a little toughness to them. We'll see as the year goes along. But um, I know Notre Dame's a different animal from Michigan. But, uh, man, that just seems like Ohio State does seem like they, they got a little tougher from that Notre Dame game. Yeah, um, you know, I got to agree with you. You know, Kyle McCord. Well, it pains me to say that, but I I think they did. Yeah, I mean, Kyle McCord, he really, you know, he had a great game against Notre Dame. Even with that tough defense, he still had a great game. If I could check the stats. He... He was 21-37. He threw for 240 yards against the Notre Dame defense. You know, that's that's pretty good for a quarterback against this tough Notre Dame defense. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, he didn't throw a touchdown, but he didn't have to. Travion Henderson ran for one, and Mr. Trainum ran for the other, the last touchdown of the game. Uh, and then they kicked that field goal. Um, so they won 17-14. Notre Dame... Ohio State was leading. Notre Dame came back and took the lead, but Notre Dame just couldn't hang on to the lead. Their defense failed them on that last drive. They did look a little tired, but, um, you know, that's it's not here nor there. I have to give credit where credit is due. Ohio State really stepped up, and they won that game. So I will say that uh, they the, that, that drive at the end of the game did impress me. Um, and, it, you know, they looked good. They looked good. Notre Dame's got a tough defense, so I didn't expect it to be a high-scoring game. But for um, we'll see what happens going forward because, obviously, Ohio State has to play Penn State and Michigan. Uh, both very, very tough defenses, which brings me to the next game I want to talk about, the Penn State-Ohio. Ohio. The Penn State-Iowa game. I was thinking about Penn State-Ohio State. I was just talking about Penn State-Iowa game. So that was a defensive struggle at first. But the difference in that game is the difference that I thought it would be. It was offense. Penn State has offense. Iowa does not. And Penn State completely shut Iowa out. 31 to nothing. And uh, Penn State showed some real grit in that game. Um, at the half, it was only 10 to nothing in favor of Penn State. Again, it was a defensive struggle for most of the way. But then Penn State scored 14 in the third and then another seven in the fourth to make it 31 to nothing, and they completely blanked Iowa. And that's that's how good that Penn State defense is. Um, Penn State's a force to be reckoned with this year. That's going to be a tough go-around because Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State all have to play each other. So this is shaping up to look like that 2016 season where they all turned out to be good and they all beat each other and Penn State got into the Big Ten Championship by default. 
because just because of the way that it works. So it could be a, a, a really tough race between it could be a three team race between those three teams because they all look like they have a tough defense and tough offense. They can grind it out. Um, so um, they looked yeah. good to me. Yeah, um, I gotta agree with you. The one thing that Iowa didn't have was offense. Cade McNamara, when he's when you're coming after McNamara, he's either gonna do you. You're either gonna get him, or he's either gonna make a bad play. Cause he's not he's he's not um athletic like JJ McCarthy. He can't use his legs if he needs to like JJ. No, he's he's not athletic like the like Kyle McCord when he needed to run he could. Uh the uh who's the quarterback for Georgia? Uh Carson Beck. Yep, Beck. Carson Beck, when he needs to run he can. You know, he has a little bit of athletic ability. JJ McCarthy, um, Quinn Ewers, all those got uh, Jordan Travis. You know, all those guys if if they need to run, Caleb Williams, you know, Bo Nix. All those guys, if they need to run, they can. You know, they don't have to, but they can. And so that's that's what separates, you know, the quarterbacks that are on another level from guys like Cade McMyers, who's just an average quarterback who will usually not turn the ball over, you know, and, and protect the ball. But, you know, at, at some point that athleticism becomes a, a hindrance if you don't have it. You know, like Penn State, they were all over Cade McNamara that game. Like he barely had any room to breathe. And when you're all over him like that, he just does not have the ability to extend plays like those other quarterbacks do. And yeah. so that's the biggest difference. Michael Penix Jr. for Washington, another one. He has the athletic ability to extend plays. And that's what makes him so good. That's another team on its back. Washington is rolling right now. They look really good, too. In the pack. Like, the Pac-12 is going to be tough. There's a lot of teams look really good over. It's been a long time since the Pac-12 looked tough like that. They look really tough this year. I think the Pac-12 has a great opportunity to get a team back in the playoff. Yeah, like maybe Utah or um, Oregon, Washington. There's lots of teams. USC maybe. So let's look at the AP Top 25 poll that was released today. You have Georgia number one, Michigan two, Texas at number three. Ohio State moved back up to number four. Uh, Florida State dropped one, which I don't necessarily agree with. I don't know why they put Ohio State over Florida State. Not sure about that one, but I'll just go with it for now because they moved Ohio State up two spots, dropped Florida State one, moved Penn State up one to number six. Washington moved up one to number seven. USC dropped three spots, which... They didn't lose, but fair enough, I guess. Oregon moved up a spot. Utah moved up a spot, which I'm okay with all of those. Notre Dame dropped two spots, which is fine because it's not like they lost to a nobody. Like they lost to a top five team or top six team in Ohio State. Alabama's at number 12, but they moved up one spot, but I don't agree with that. I think LSU should be over Alabama. Alabama. Moved up one, LSU dropped one. I don't agree with that, but no, whatever. Either. It is what it is. But let's revisit our our projections. So my projection at the beginning of the year was that Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, and Clemson would get into the playoffs. 
Obviously, my Clemson pick is out the window because they have two losses. There's no way they get in the playoff now with two losses. So, Georgia and Michigan, I still feel confident will make the playoff. If the Big Ten plays like plays out like it did last year, and uh, OSU's only losses to Michigan, then I think OSU gets in. The, I think Ohio State gets in the playoff. The fourth, <clears throat> the fourth team, I think, will either be Duke from the ACC. That's just based off you know everything up to week four, or it'll be somebody from the Pac-12. And right now, the Pac-12, I'm looking at Oregon or Washington are my two teams that I think will come one of those two. So it either be Duke or Washington or Oregon out of the Pac-12. That's my my adjustment to my preseason picks right now, just off four weeks. Um, those are the teams that look really hot right now and, and are just you know continuing to roll in their, through their schedules. So what do you think? Um, well, number one, Georgia. I do agree with that one. Michigan is number two. I got to agree with that one as well. Three, Texas. Yep. Four, Ohio State. Don't understand that one. I don't, I'm not really happy with that one. Um, but it is what it is. Florida State, number five. I don't like them dropping down one. I don't think they deserved it, but. Eh. Penn State. Moved up one. Washington. Uh, Washington moved up one. USC moved three down. Um, I don't really agree with that one right there. USC moving three down. Uh, I feel like they should have stayed where they were, and uh, it would have been on par. Number nine, Oregon. Yeah. Ten Utah, I gotta agree with that. Notre Dame, uh, they went down to number eleven. I mean, I agree with that. Twelve Alabama and thirteen LSU. I don't agree with that one. Um, it's kind of because how Alabama performed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I really don't agree with that one. Why Alabama is number twelve and LSU dropped one? It's it's not like LSU lost. Oklahoma, number 14. You don't have to go past the top 10. Yeah, I don't care about that. You know, I'm just going to stop at UNC. UNC, number 15. I'm okay with that yeah. one. Um, the only other team right now that I I think would could be a fourth team to get in would be Texas. Texas does look good right now. They look like the front runner to win the Big 12. So... Um, if Texas wins the Big 12, you know, it's, it's, they, there could be some, a one loss team out of the Big 10 or SEC may not get in this year just because the Pac 12 and, and the Big 12, you know, you're looking at Texas and, you know, either Oregon or Washington could run, come out of there undefeated. And so that would be, that would be interesting. Uh, you could have four undefeated teams in the, in the lot, in the, uh, top four. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, I will say that I have to admit Texas looks good thus far. Um, they are a real, real threat to make the playoff this year. Texas is rolling. They're definitely rolling. Yeah, so uh, um, 
when we first started this, I had number one Michigan, two LSU, three Clemson, four Georgia. And Clemson's out of the window. LSU right now is a maybe. If they can keep winning games, then yeah, they're probably going to be in the top four. And um, I'm going to change Clemson for Texas. And then for my number, and then, uh, let's see, then I'm going to put Georgia back to number one, put Michigan back to number two, uh, I want LSU right now at number five, and then to replace LSU, I would put Washington in there, so mine are. So number one, Georgia, number two, Michigan, number three is Texas, and number four, Washington. Okay. Not bad picks right now because all those four teams are rolling, so well, I'm not bad picks. Let's uh, take a quick look here at the MLB standings currently for the playoffs. We haven't done that in a couple episodes, so there's a few games played today, but right now... Baltimore's locked in. Uh, Tampa Bay's locked in, but Baltimore's going to run that division just because they they now have a two game lead. They're ninety seven and fifty nine, and Tampa Bay's ninety five and sixty two. So Tampa Bay's still locked into the wild card for sure because nobody's close to them. You got Toronto in the wild card of the American League at eighty seven and sixty nine, and Houston is in at eighty five and seventy one. Only team close enough to bump Houston would be Seattle at 84 and 71. There is a week left of games, a week and uh, a couple of days or a week and a half, something of that nature. So there's not much time left. So it's coming down to the last, you know, few games to see who gets in. Seattle's still right there, so they could bump Houston if they continue to win. They're they're really close. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the American League, but right now it looks like uh, Baltimore, Texas, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, and Toronto are all in right now. Houston is the only question mark left, and it's between them and Seattle. So we'll see how that comes down for the final week. You have National League, Atlanta, 99-56. They're locked in. The Dodgers are locked in at 95-69, and Milwaukee is locked in at 88-68. and uh, I believe they've clinched their division. So all three of those teams are in. Philadelphia is in right now at 86 and 69. The Diamondbacks are 82 and 73. The Cubs are 82 and 74. And the Marlins are right on them at 81 and 75. So the Cubs are still not safe. You got the Marlins right there, and the Marlins won again today. So. Um, so did the Cubs, so the Marlins are still there. The Marlins are 6-4 in their last 10. They're on a two-game win streak, and the Cubs are 4-6, and six, and they've won three in a row. So we'll see how that ends out. Cincinnati's still kind of right in there at 80-77, and 77, but Miami's the one that if the Cubs trip up, the Marlins could bump them out of that wild card. So that's still a pretty close race between the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, the Marlins. We'll see how that plays out. I did read something the other day where 
if it comes down to a tiebreaker, the Marlins own, own the tiebreaker over the Cubs. The Diamondbacks own a tiebreaker over the Cubs. And the uh, Giants also own a tiebreaker over the Cubs. So if any of those teams are tied with the Cubs, the Cubs automatically get bumped out of the wild card because all those teams own the tiebreaker over them. That's pretty interesting. I didn't know that until I read that the other day. So Miami very well could bump the Cubs out of the wild card. We'll see how that plays out. But right now that is what your wild card looks like. It's kind of what we expected. The only one that won't make it that I thought had a shot was the Reds. But the Reds are probably not going to make the playoffs. So we'll see if the Cubs can or not. Yeah, it's um, close. Yeah. Right now, it's looking like the Reds are right now done. Yeah, they're 80 and 77. They're still right in there. They're only two and a half games back, so. I'd have to look, but I believe the Reds also own the tiebreaker over the Cubs. Yes, sir. Are so, you serious? So if they tie, I think the Reds own the tiebreaker there. Are you serious? I have to go back and read that article. I know the Marlins do, and I know the Diamondbacks do. Um, I'm not sure about the Reds, but I have to look. I'm almost positive that article I read said that everybody who's in the fight for that right now owns a tiebreaker over the Cubs. <laughs> That's right. I didn't know that, did you? <laughs> so it's not done yet, sir. We'll see how that shakes out. But, uh, yeah, it's still a four-team race right now for that wild last two wild card spots in the National League Diamondbacks, the Cubs, the Marlins and the Reds are all kind of still in there the Reds are a little bit further back but still well within you know it's a week's worth of games, week and a half two and a half games is nothing in a week and a half worth of games so we'll see what happens yep. but um, <clears throat> that'll do it for our show for today unless you have something else you want to talk about oh, nothing else all right. Uh, don't forget, guys, uh, we have a YouTube page, YouTube channel called The Common Man's Take on Sports. For your friends who don't like to watch or listen to podcasts, please encourage them to check out our YouTube channel. We also have a Facebook page, first name Kevin, second, last name Quentin, that we uh, use for The Common Man's Take on Sports. We post our episodes there. And then you can get to us on any uh, any platform, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Boomberg, Samsung, iHeartRadio, FM. We're in all those places. But you can also go to our webpage, um, kmisomatpodbean.com, and you can access all of our uh or you can access our Facebook page and our YouTube page, and you can also access our podcast from there as well. So, yeah, we have lots of options for you guys to reach to uh, listen to us. Also, if you want to leave us a comment on our Facebook page or um, our home page, and let us know what you there's something you'd like for us to talk about. Um, you can go ahead and go over there and do that. 
But uh, that's it for today. We thank you for listening. We hope you come back and continue to listen. Remember, if you subscribe or if you listen to us on any of those platforms, please hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, uh, and you'll leave us a, a rating and let us know how we're doing. Um, that's it for today. Thank you for listening.